must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And welcome to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about, you guessed it, great men. Specifically, great men from American history. Now, I know what you may be thinking right now. How could it be possible that a college student could possibly judge the character of some of these men and call them great? Especially when many of them had tremendous faults and made loads of mistakes. I mean, for crying out loud, more than half of the Founding Fathers owned slaves. My response to that would be this. Yes, many of our men in history were flawed and made choices that were most definitely not commendable. But I am here to give you the facts. If we take a closer look into the lives of these men, we can better understand just where they're coming from. A lot of people we will focus on have lived through more tragedy and more grief than most people in the 21st century will ever know or understand. Wars, adultery, child loss, and illness all play into the effect of how a person lives their life and makes decisions. For greatness is not about the number of mistakes one makes, but the number of times one overcomes those mistakes and perseveres through hardships. If you listened to my previous episode, you know that I will be focusing on men from the World Wars for the next few months. Last week, I highlighted the Harlem Hellfighters, an African-American regiment that fought in World War I and displayed great bravery and strength. Today, I will be highlighting Alvin York, a United States corporal who fought in the Great War and because of his courage, he received the Medal of Honor. I not only want to talk about York's accomplishments in the Great War, but I also want to dive into his childhood and his personal life. Many of the decisions he made as a young man led him to become the strong hero he is remembered to be. I find that history becomes all the more meaningful when I can envision American heroes as real human beings who struggled immensely even through success and fame. Let's jump into the life of Alvin York. He came from a very humble background. He was born in 1887 in a log cabin near the Tennessee-Kentucky border, and he was the third out of 11 children. Providing for a large family is a difficult thing, especially when one depends upon farming for their main income. York's parents were able to support their families by subsistence farming and also hunting. Because of York's family situation, he received little to no education while growing up. The children were assigned certain responsibilities on the farm, and it was also important for them to learn the skill of hunting since that is what kept their family fed. As if life was not difficult enough for a large family receiving their income from their produce, in 1911, York's father passed away. 
Since York was the eldest of the children who still lived at home, he was held responsible to be the new man of the household. He not only had to keep up with the farm, but he had to support his grieving mother and help raise his younger siblings since they no longer had a father. Although this was a difficult hardship and burden to bear, this new responsibility taught him many lessons that would make him an outstanding soldier one day. Patience, perseverance, and poise are all things he learned during this difficult time in his life, but later helped him when he was leading his men in World War I. To better support his family, he started working in railroad construction and also as a logger. He showed great loyalty and devotion to his family during this time. Although he learned a lot of good lessons through raising his younger siblings and supporting his mother, depression entered into his life. York became an alcoholic and was often found at the local bar picking a fight over just about anything. This got him into much trouble, for these fights could be pretty brutal at times. However, in the year of 1914, one of York's closest friends got himself into a fight that he would not be able to win. His friend was beaten to death just because he was drunk and not thinking straight. This was a huge wake-up call to York. He then realized that he did not want the same fate as his friend, and he instantly decided to turn his life around and get back on track. After York made the decision to turn his life around, he became a member of the Church of Christ and Christian Union. He became an active member of the congregation and even joined the choir. Once he was there for a little while, he started teaching a Sunday school and eventually met the love of his life, Gracie Williams. Now, Williams was a woman of high character and high standards, and so were her parents. York knew that he had to make a permanent change in his heart if he wanted to be a suitable man for Williams. They attended church together consistently, and although York became a Christian in 1915, it was not until 1917 that Williams agreed to be York's wife, but they would not marry until after the war. The change in his life was undeniable, and he would never return to his sinful ways. After coming a devout Christian and wanting to serve the Lord in every way that he could, Alvin became very conflicted when the U.S. entered the war in 1917. He was very worried about being drafted because he was unsure if God would permit him to kill another man. After consulting with his pastor, he decided that he would seek a conscientious objector status. However, this status was denied since his church was not recognized as a Christian sect for whatever reason. He then entered into basic training in 1917. It is because Alvin York was a man of great courage and honor that I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Although York was originally conflicted about whether or not God would want him to fight in the war, after much prayer and consideration, he decided that war would be justified in the eyes of the Lord since he was fighting for his country. 
he could then enter into the war with a peace of mind, knowing that he was doing a service to not only his country, but a service to God himself. He was able to make one last trip home to say goodbye to Williams before he was shipped overseas. With two broken hearts, they embraced each other, and even through the tears of sorrow, they could see that this is where the Lord called York to be. To be willing to sacrifice his life for his country that he loved so dear was his greatest honor. During the war, York achieved his greatest accomplishments in the Meuse-Argonne Offensive. York's unit received orders that night to advance the next morning to take Hill 223, and they were successful in doing so. As they moved forward up the hill, York and his men were attacked by the Germans' heavy machine guns. The Americans knew that they needed to eliminate the Germans' machine guns, so a group of men were led by Sergeant Bernard Early to sneak behind the Germans to reach their headquarters. York accompanied these men in doing so. The Americans were successful in capturing the German headquarters and securing around 100 prisoners. They were even successful in capturing one of the German majors. Once the Germans realized what was going on, they turned around and started firing at the American troops that had just captured their headquarters. They killed six men and wounded three, one of which being Sergeant Early. This left York in charge of the men to finish the mission. He left his men to guard the prisoners as he left to take care of the machine guns. This is where York's hunting skills really come in handy. As he ran back to face the Germans and their machine guns, he had six men charge at him with bayonets. He reached for his pistol and shot at all the men. All six of the men dropped before they could even reach him. He then pulled out his rifle and began shooting at the Germans and their machine guns. With his stellar shot, due to his experience in hunting for food during his childhood, he managed to kill around 20 Germans. However, York had no desire to kill any more men than he absolutely had to. So after killing more than 20 German soldiers, he started calling for them to surrender. The German major who had been captured even started yelling and ordering his men to surrender because they stood no chance against the skilled riflemen. They then started bringing the captured men back to the American lines. Along the way, they captured 30 German soldiers. This brought them to a total of 132 Germans that were captured by York and his men. This was most definitely an impressive accomplishment. In the course of the fight, 28 Germans were killed and 35 machine guns were captured. However, even though this was a great achievement and something York received much praise for, he did not feel any glory afterward. He felt immense guilt for what he had done. Not only for killing the German soldiers as if they were wild animals he was hunting, but for not saving many of his American comrades. The next day, he showed up to the battlefield with two stretchers, desperately wanting to find a lone survivor. He found none, 
and his heart was very saddened for the men that he lost that day. I would like to take a moment and allow us to try and put ourselves in the shoes of Alvin York. All too often, we only remember the action and the accomplishments of men in war, but we tend to forget the trauma that comes along with that. Although York was happy to serve his country, he was still killing human beings. Human beings who had families, just as he did. Human beings who were fighting for their country, just as he was. Human beings that wanted nothing more than to return safely home. Not only did York deal with the trauma of killing human beings who wanted the same thing he did, but he had to watch many of his friends die right before his eyes. He watched them die. He helplessly stood by as they had the life sucked out of them by the enemy. He could not save them. This is the reality of war. Soldiers return home to banners, parades, picnics, and celebrations, while what happened at war stays locked behind a door that never opens. Soldiers are left to deal with their grief and then are expected to carry on as if nothing happened, to carry on as if they did not kill human beings, to carry on as if they did not watch the life disappear from their friends' eyes, to carry on as if they did not fall asleep listening to the screams and the horrors of bloody war. This is the reality of war that we so often forget. Although York was celebrated and loved for his accomplishments, he could never get over what he witnessed. There is so much more to a soldier than the medal they receive. For behind that medal lives terror, murder, tragedy, and sorrow. After this accomplishment, York received the Distinguished Service Cross, but that is not it. On April 18, 1919, he received the Medal of Honor, the United States' highest military award for valor. Not only did he receive the Medal of Honor, but the French also awarded him the Croix de Guerre. When he was awarded this French decoration, the Supreme Allied Commander said, quote, What you did was the greatest thing ever accomplished by any soldier by any of the armies of Europe. End quote. A couple weeks later, York was welcomed back to the United States as a hero. He was celebrated with a giant parade, but all he could think about was returning to the love of his life, Gracie Williams. After two years of being engaged and two years since he had been drafted into the war, York finally married Williams. Their wedding was not only a celebration of the love that they shared, but it was also a celebration of York. He was well loved by America and it was most apparent on his wedding day. People came all over town, bringing gifts and food to contribute to the giant picnic that followed after the ceremony. The young and the old all gathered together to celebrate an American hero. York and his wife would only grow closer as the years went by. They loved each other dearly. They ended up having 10 children together, but only 8 of them survived infancy. 
Now, I could not tell you about the life of Alvin York if I did not mention the names of his children. He named most of them after American figures, and it's quite entertaining. Allow me to list the names of his children. Andrew Jackson, Thomas Jefferson, Woodrow Wilson, George Edward Buxton, Samuel Houston, Mary Alice, Alvin Cullum Jr., and Betsy Ross. And just to clarify, yes, these were the real names of all of his children. It turns out that all of his children would grow up to imitate their father's work ethic and strong character. It is because Alvin York was not only a great soldier, but a great father and husband as well, that I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Although York could have let fame get to his head, he never did. He dedicated his life to improving educational opportunities for children in Tennessee. This was probably inspired by the fact that he received little to no education as a child, and he was wanting to make a difference in that area. He ended up opening the Alvin C. York Agricultural Institute in 1926. This continues to operate as a public school to this day. Later in his life, when World War II broke out, he tried to enlist but was turned away due to his weight and his age. He then decided to play a role in the war by being involved with war bonds and inspection tours. After living a happy life with his wife and his eight children who loved him dearly, York passed away in 1964 due to a stroke that he had a few years earlier. I am now going to play an audio that I found on YouTube posted by Public Domain Footage. This audio gives a really good summary of the life of York, and then we also get to hear him speak at the end of the audio, which I think is really neat. So without further ado, here it is. A man who became a legend in his own lifetime is dead. Sergeant Alvin Cullum York came out of the Tennessee Hills in World War I and despite religious scruples, went into the army and came out a hero. A hero who was to remain a modest man to the end of his 76 years. When the war broke out, young Alvin York was swinging a pick on a road gang. He was inducted and assigned to the 82nd Division and he quickly made a name for himself with his marksmanship. Sergeant York, shot his way into history when he captured or killed an entire German machine gun battalion of 160 men, and he did it single-handedly. Sergeant York was the first common soldier to become a national hero. He refused to be exploited and turned down offers of lecture tours and books to devote himself to his beloved mountain people. He said, this uniform ain't for sale. Honor upon honor was bestowed on the doughboy who had married his childhood sweetheart. Always welcomed to the White House with his family, Sergeant York received more than 50 high honors from his own nation and foreign governments. But he continued to farm and hunt and to teach Sunday school to the Hill children. One of his last public appearances was when he received a citation from the Gold Star Mothers. He was modest as always. Certainly is an honor to receive this uh, presentation from the Gold Star Mothers of the World War, whom we uh, love so dearly being my comrades and i accept this not only for myself but for all of my brothers who were in the world war i thank you
It is because York went out of his way to serve his country and risk his life that I argue he was a great man. He was great for being a man of faith and listening to what the Lord would have him to do. He was great for having the courage to face the Germans even when it would have been easier to walk away. He was great for loving his wife and being the best father to his children. He was great for remaining humble and doing charity work for the rest of his life even when he could have been swallowed by fame. For all of these reasons, I argue that Alvin York was a great man. Thank you for listening to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about great men who shaped our nation into what it is today. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and even learned something new about Alvin York. Come back next week as we will talk about another great man on Great Men Back Then with your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.